everyone, and welcome to That Wellness Podcast with Natalie Deering. I am super excited today to be sitting here with Nikki Slattery. She has been a tarot reader for over 20 years. She's been a tarot business owner for three years with her business called Golden Spark Tarot. She is the co-owner of Slattery's Creations Art, and she's also a former human resources manager, and she offers tarot readings and parties, natal chart readings, palm readings, and creative career coaching. And we'll talk more in depth about all those beautiful things that she offers later on. But thank you so much, Nikki, for being here. I'm so excited. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. So excited that you're here. And so I wanted to share with the listeners how I know you. Perfect. And because it was a it was a life changing for me and my business type moment. And I really wanted to have you on here to share your talent and this beautiful, I feel like capability that you have to tap into this thing that we call tarot, which we'll get into the history and what it is necessarily. But I wanted to share with everyone. Yeah. How I came across you because I do feel like Lovely. it was almost like a divine intervention. <laughs> I love that. Amazing. So, yeah. So we met actually at a entrepreneurial event through a company called the beauty boost in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was actually my first beauty boost event. I don't know. Or have you been working with the beauty boost for a while? That was my first beauty boost event as well. No way. So I really enjoyed it and I'll definitely be doing more, but that was my introduction. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. So I remember I looked at the lineup because it was set up with, there were various business there, businesses there, people who are healers, business owners, and they had tablings, just like Nikki, you had a table there showcasing your business of Golden Spark Tarot. And I saw you on the list and that you had mentioned that you were offering like a complimentary five minute tarot reading. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that just calls to me. It's just something that I find to be so interesting. So when we got there, I got there kind of late because I, I live in Northern Kentucky and it was probably a good, maybe like 40 minute drive actually to that yeah. space that we were at. So finally got there, met up with a friend and we walked through the tables. And for some reason, yours was the last one that I got to, like I started on the opposite end, finally got to you. And I looked at your sign-up sheet for the complimentary readings and they were almost full except for like one spot left. <laughs> so I wrote my name on there and then there was like speakers. And so we were just waiting for our turn as we were listening to the, the wonderful speakers that were there for the event. And it was my turn. And I remember I sat down with you and your energy. I just remember you had this, just this confidence that's what I remember. Like you just had this confident energy and I believe you asked me and you can correct me. I think you asked me like, what are you curious about? Or what would you like to ask the tarot? Is that how you worded it? Typically, you know, in a short reading like that, I will have a little list of topics, mm. but people don't always look at that. So I'll just kind of lead them to what are they most curious about right now? And what would they like to take positive action towards? So it was probably something like that. Okay. Because I, I remember immediately I said, I have been swirling my brain, like parts of me are curious about these four different things within my business. Mm -hmm. One of them being starting a podcast, the other one being offering workshops, third one offering retreats, and the fourth one 
offering ketamine assisted psychotherapy. Mm. And you wrote those four down and then you did your thing with cards, Mm -hmm. which we can talk more about. And then did you like lay them out? Did you spread them? I can't remember because I picked four cards. It wasn't you. Yes. Yes. So I will shuffle and I kind of get my energy into it. And then we asked, what is the energetic outcome for each one of these actions? And, you know, really, what can you expect in that experience of that outcome? So we, we saw each one of the four cards as you pulled them. And then we kind of walked through really what would be the outcome and how you would feel as you were experiencing that. Yes. Yes. And I remember you started talking and I was like, wait, can I record this? <laughs> yep. Because it was, it was immediately, I was like, whoa, hold on. I need to remember every single thing that you're saying. So you were so nice and you got out your phone and you hit record. And I remember, yeah, you just went through each of the cards representing each of those four things. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just so helpful. It was helpful for me Wonderful. because Wonderful. I, again, like parts of me had just been kind of confused about, you know, yes, I'm interested in all four of these things, but I didn't know which one to focus on first because the idea of focusing on all four was overwhelming Mm -hmm. because that would have taken so much time and effort. Absolutely. And there were also parts of me that were hesitant towards some of these things. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you looked at each of the cards, Again, it was like your confidence in like seeing, oh, okay, so this is the star card. I believe it was the star that was like represented for the podcast. Yeah. And you were like, you need to do this. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can tell when something in action is part of somebody's destiny. And when it is just kind of like effort, they think they need to put forward, but not necessarily is it going to yield, you know, a return on that effort of energy? Mm -hmm. So you can see that very clearly. And there are cards that are so powerful, like the star card where there's no wavering, you know, that this is it. And then there are cards where it's like, well, this could be a step in the journey, but this might not be the ultimate destination. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, you, I pulled the star card for the podcast and then I didn't look and see, I didn't write down the other two cards for like the workshops and the retreats, but I remember, well, I do remember one was the tower. Yes. And what I recall from the message, what you said about the workshops and the retreats is you were like, at this time, yeah, Mm -hmm. this would like the amount of energy that you're going to be putting into this, you're not going to get that return on investment right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And You know, the tower card is really impactful as well, because the tower is typically when we're going towards the conditioning of what we think we should do. And we're going to have a moment given that tower that will be like, nope, you can't follow the conditioning. You have to create your own path and what you're meant to do. So your message was so clear because you had two major arcana cards that were like, this is a conditioned response of what she thinks she should do. And this is exactly what is going to really speak to her unique capabilities and have that return on effort. Wow. That makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really does. As you say that, that that is a conditioned maybe 
part of me that coming from like the psychology world that's like okay yeah now you provide you should be providing workshops or mm-hmm. these retreats which are still things that i'm interested yeah. in and maybe down the line in the future absolutely. it will make more sense absolutely but hearing that from you then and even now it just mm-hmm. it makes so much sense absolutely yeah and, and it, it's yeah. um it's just a wonderful complement to a therapeutic practice too. So, you know, mm-hmm. as things come through in therapy, you can pull cards on them and you'll be like, huh, subconscious, thank you, because that was not coming out in my um, conversation and kind of objective reality. Mm, yeah. And then with the ketamine assisted psychotherapy, what I didn't tell you just because we had five minutes at the time was that I was already in a ketamine assisted psychotherapy training, Mm. but not necessarily offering it. Right. So then the card that I pulled, I think was the king. Is that right? There's several kings and each king is connected to a suit. And typically when you get the king, it will be that you are becoming the master of that practice but it depends upon the suit it's in. So we'd have to kind of look back to what suit that was, but I'm curious, what was your reflection as that King came up in that area? What I recall you saying to me at the time when you saw that card and I guess that suit of the King is you said, this is something that, yeah, you could excel in that you could do and offer within your practice. And it would, it would be fine. You know, it it would, it would work out. Mm -hmm. And But it was still kind of this, you had this overall, I felt like message to me of like, but definitely focus your energy. If you're going to focus on one thing, focus it on developing the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. And just to kind of juxtapose that the king is the master of what we will call that suit or that element of life. So you have mastery and you can continue to have mastery. But when we compare that to the star card, the star is kind of part of our self-actualization and what we came here to do uniquely as an individual and what we've kind of been gifted with. So the star was speaking so loudly as this is more of a, a meaningful event and an individualized characteristic you have rather than a mastery that you can get as you hone your craft. Okay. So kind of, of a reflection of this is maybe like you're saying a a great way that I could express myself or Mm -hmm. maybe offer my resources, you know, exactly. And it's actually, it is like the energy that is you can uniquely express through this Avenue in such a powerful way as opposed to the king where several people could read the book and know the action steps and they could create this experience for somebody. But you, as you have the star, you have a unique gift to shine who you are as a person, as opposed to following a method, you know, a methodology of mastery. This is a unique expression of who you are. Okay. Yeah. And that was, Again, I had five minutes with you and it was just so powerful to be able to have the cards just be laid out and, you know, I picked them, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. my, would you say like my subconscious was gravitating towards the energy of each of those cards? Yes, yes, yes. So each card has that imagery on it and the imagery creates an energy that the speaker of the deck, which is me, 
can help you understand. So as you're picking, your subconscious is connecting to those energies. And as I'm reading them, I'm basically speaking to your higher self and your subconscious through those cards. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And it, you know, I want to mention, because I don't know if we've talked about this, but I, are you familiar with IFS therapy, internal family systems therapy and like parts work? I, um, I have heard and read a little bit about it, but not really specialized. So that's what I'm really trained in and what I really love. I'm a level two IFS therapist and it, it's getting into getting to know the various parts within us, which we would say like our various energies, right? Yes. And then there's yes. this, what we call the self with a capital S, which mm -hmm. is our source of healing. They call it the eight C's where it's like our sense of calmness, clarity, creativity, connectedness, courage, all of that type of stuff. Wonderful. And so as I, you know, have been getting to know you and getting to know about tarot, I feel like there's, this is oh. a really cool tool. To there's help. so much overlap. Yeah. So much overlap. Absolutely. There really is. So I'd love to know, how did you get involved with tarot? Sure. So I think I was, I was about 22 and I was working a job that didn't really speak to me and speak to the uniqueness that I wanted to give the world. And I was so young. So I was looking for direction. And my favorite place to hang out is at bookstores. And mm -hmm. this deck honestly called out to me. And there was a book with it. And there's this deck. And I, I took it home and just started playing with it. And I would do a spread like every month. And I, you know, take a picture of the cards, write down my reflection, and I could see the cards as I did it more and more, creating a story, helping me understand where I was, what was the obstacle, what was kind of this patterning I had that was keeping me stuck. So it was... I think I, I probably needed a therapist at the time too. I <laughs> didn't have much money and I was like, well, maybe this will help me. Yeah. And I, I really went in deep with understanding the fool's journey of this psychological process of complete innocence, self-actualization to consciousness rising. Mm. And and I was always very curious about the mystical arts. I, as a child, I asked my parents for a Ouija board when I was 10. So this was always a curiosity. And unlike the Ouija board that ended up scaring me and didn't really reveal oh, much except okay. for scary things. Yeah. I parlayed into the cards, which were so beautiful and so self-reflective and affirming and just would bring out these insights that were aha moments that I needed at that time. Mm. So that's how it started. And then I was just doing readings for friends and I do a reading for myself every month. And it was just building the self-understanding so much. And then honestly, it was right around COVID where I was like, why am I not just doing this for a living? Because this is what I right. love. And I, um, interestingly enough, being in HR, I started bringing out my cards and mm. I was, you know, a human resource manager, but also a recruiter. And people would ask me like, well, I'm stuck between two jobs. I'm not sure 
which one's right for me? Read pull cards. And I was very scared to kind of bring it out into the corporate world and environment, but people loved it. And people really felt like it was very affirming. It was interesting because most times people would tell me, well, that's what I was already feeling. I I kind of had that sense of knowing and this just really affirmed it for me. Yes. So I, I really started to incorporated in my everyday business life. And then COVID as it shifted all of us to think about what is our impact on this world? What do we really enjoy? What has meaning for us? I decided to just take the full shift into it and really develop it as a practice that I could use for this creative coaching, Mm. as well as kind of just a quick insight tool like you experienced with me where I meet people and they're at an impasse and they're just really not sure how to go forward. I was able to help them kind of move beyond that and help myself move beyond a career that I had outgrown. Yeah. So that's, that's the long story, but it has been um, just an amazing self insight reflection and decision-making tool. Absolutely. And I like what you just said too, because I really resonated with what you just said of like, when I met with you that time, I felt like it was affirming what I already knew deep within, Mm -hmm. but parts of me that were carrying self-doubt or feelings of fear about Mm -hmm. maybe feeling judged or not good enough or unworthy, right? That those parts were, you know, covering up and making me question that maybe that intuition. And so then, yes, laying out those four cards. I mean, that's what I just recall smiling and nodding my head vigorously the whole time you were reading those four cards for me, because it was like, all of me was like, yes, we already knew this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And your higher self knew it, but your conditioned self and yourself that operates from fear was questioning where you should go. And then the cards have that connection to higher self and subconscious. And it's like, here you go. Here it is. So it's it's very, it can be very, very clear. And, you know, what a beautiful thing to just have this cool imagery that we can use to connect with Mm -hmm. that higher self and subconscious. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. And I'd love now to get into the history of tarot and what is tarot because there might be some listeners right now being like I've heard of it but I've never seen the cards or I've never had a reading you know so yeah do you care to share like from the beginning sure it is tarot so tarot is a energetic tool that is made out of 78 cards And you have 22 cards that are the major life lessons and the major themes of things that we came here as innocent children to learn on our journey of rising the consciousness of all humanity. It's Mm. a pretty big thing that it, it is encompassing. So you have those 22 cards that encompass that fool's journey to self actualization and consciousness rising. And then you have four suits that are the four elements that we operate in. So that is our spirit or our fire. That is our water or our emotions, our mental life or our swords, 
and our physical and earthly life, which is pentacles or discs. So you'll, you'll kind of see some similarities here, the four suits. So there's four suits and it's very similar to your basic card game. So, you know, you have your four suits and all your card games, and then you have your royal cards. And that's how tarot started. It was in the 1400s slash 1500s, really in Italy, where they started playing card games and having these four suits and they were playing these games and they had fun with them. And it was just like a you know, just like we use cards today, a, a fun pastime and way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And then they started using these cards for some divination and how do I go forward and what is the best decision? And they started playing with them in that way. And they were like, okay, this is kind of cool. We're seeing some connections between the suits and what actually happened in the reality of the decisions that we made. But that wasn't necessarily enough for them to have a full divinatory experience. So they added these 22 cards to this game, which then became the tarot. So it's really, when you think about the tarot, it is, it's the game of life, Mm. but it is, energetically infused with the materials that we use in life. So if you were to look at the Fool card, which is the first card, uh, it's actually numbered zero of that 22 series, he has the four elements in his hands. Mm. So we come to this earth and we have our emotional life, we have our mental life, we have our physical life, and our spirituality or really our ability to self-actualize through our creativity. So we have those four things. And as the fool, we'll work with these four things to create our reality. However, as we're creating our reality, things will be coming at us that are outside of our control, which are some of those 22 cards. And then how do we react to those things that are coming into our reality? So we can still work towards self-actualization and becoming our creative self and work to hiring our consciousness. So you start with this very simple game that just has four suits and some royal cards, and it turns into a divinatory tool, which then turns into the psychological experience of human beings and the tools we have to use in our lifetime to create what we want and to give to really get beyond our false ego self. Okay. So it is an amazing tool that allows you to connect in that way. You know, you take it from the 1400s to present day, and it still can be used as a game. I've never played the game, but I I find it really helpful when I'm teaching people tarot to start with that understanding of the four suits in a deck of cards and how that connection can be made with the tarot suits. Okay. So if you're learning tarot, um, I would start there and uh, it really helps you to understand how the cards are speaking to you through kind of your everyday life. And what are those four suits? Yeah. So the four suits are swords, your mental life. Okay. Swords are the mental. Mm-hmm. 
and then water your emotional life. Yes. And then fire your creative spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And then pentacles are discs, which are our earthly life. Okay. And really the manifestation and the physical reality of things. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for repeating that. And I'm curious, as you're talking about how humans created this, right? I mean, it was a game, which I'm curious, can you describe, do you know how it's played as a game? I have not played the game, quite honestly. So I think it, uh, as I've read about it, it's very similar to bridge. <laughs> so okay. it's really, if you know bridge, <laughs> like uh-huh. you would know how to play this tarot game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as they infused it, the cards with all this imagery, it became something very different than what it initially started with. Right. Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, what I'm curious about is how, what is your hypothesis or how do you feel like it transformed to something Mm -hmm. with more of that divinity energy, you know, starting as a game and then getting to, yeah, yeah, what it became. So when you, it's interesting because you have the rider weight and the rider weight deck was one of the original decks and really the imagery that the rider weight was showing us were different scenes that were happening at the time in the renaissance so these scenes were like the acts of life that we were all playing out and we just start, they started to put these scenes and this imagery on the card rather than like six diamonds or four clubs or, you know, things like that. And the imagery of the actual scene was creating energy in the cards that our subconscious was connecting to. Mm. Now, as further decks have been developed from the Rider weight they started to put astrological references and references to the Kabbalah tree of life. So the Kabbalah tree of life is this ancient hermetic study of our journey of consciousness. So you put the Kabbalah and the hermetic arts and understanding, and you connect that to astrology So the energy of the planets and the zodiac signs, and all of a sudden you have this imagery on the card that's so powerful and so known to our epigenetic experience that subconsciously we are pulling these cards to teach us how to move forward and what we're actually experiencing. Mm. So we take it from the six of diamonds, four of clubs, we add imagery to that and then our subconscious can connect with it even more. Now, that being said, you can still use the four of diamonds to do a tarot card reading because you have the power of the numerology of four. And then you have what does the meaning of diamonds mean in those four suits? So that's how it started. But that wasn't enough. We needed to have a picture of a scene actually playing out that people could really relate to. Um, When you look at the classic Rider Waite, it's very ancient scenes. There's kings, there's queens, there's people dueling with swords, all that different stuff. And I actually use a Thoth deck with my own practice, which has all the astrological and Kabbalah pieces to it. I found when I used that at shows and one-on-one consultations, 
it wasn't as powerful because the understanding isn't always there from the individual. But when I do the Rider Waite, like active scenes, people can see themselves in it and I can read the energy either way. So there are, there are so many different decks out there, uh, but you really have to understand what do you connect with the most and what speaks to you. But most people start with that Rider Waite because it is a scene in time that people can really understand very quickly. And then as your knowledge deepens, you can get into all that other symbology, which is so powerful that the readings symbolically can hit much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's like basically ancient symbolism and um, our way of talking to the universe in a language outside of words. Right. Yeah. That really makes sense to me that it's a card is a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And then as we put an image on it, that has significance for us as humans on this planet. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, there's these very ancient symbols mm-hmm. and images that I almost feel like you mentioned the word epigenetics, which I feel like what you're saying and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this is just something that's built in us that's passed down through us yes. as humans. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and that's what you say where like, we're just drawn to, and we really can resonate with these images because they're just kind of built in. Exactly. To exactly. our DNA. Almost, yeah, it really is. It's, you know, we all started out with storytelling and symbols, and then we got to the written word and all those different things. But if you think about how many generations existed before the written word, before we even used words, we used symbols. So that is deep within who we are and our subconscious knows it, even though our conscious brain can't always read those symbols. Yeah, yeah. And can you talk about too, I guess, how this energy works? Because I I think we had talked about before we started recording, just what kind of resonated with me I think I saw this on your website and we've talked about this a little bit of like how it's the cards are, would you say a representation of the energies that are going on within our subconscious, but then it's also a reflection of the universal energy around us or like the quantum field. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I, and I was thinking about that this morning. Well, actually I woke up at 3.30 AM just naturally. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) isn't that fun? (laughs) Yes. And I, I was able to go back to sleep, but for like an an hour, I like laid there and my mind and parts of me were thinking about talking to you today. And Mm -hmm. we're just really excited and curious. And one thing that I was thinking about as I was laying in bed at 3.30 was, I guess, when you pull a card, how is it representing? Because let's say I have parts of me that maybe yeah have a lot of fear about mm-hmm. the idea of i don't know like making a big shift in my job or something mm-hmm. like that or like parts of me really maybe want to leave my job but other parts of me have this fear of leaving my job right mm-hmm. and so there's that polarization within within me and then let's say the universal energy of it is its way i don't you know but let's yeah. say i pull a card is that a representation? Would you say, could it be like, could I, could that person pull a card that is showing conflict 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you think about anything, what you focus on expands and what you focus on comes to you in a variety of different ways. So what I will often see, and it depends upon the question you're asking the tarot. To give you an example, I have been putting in a lot of effort to prepare for a a new show that I'm doing in Columbus this weekend, The Gift of Life, where I'll be doing readings and all that good stuff. It's been a lot of effort. And I'm excited to do it. But today I pulled a card and I pulled the seven of discs, which I asked the tarot, what is the lesson I meant to learn today? And it was that card, which Mm -hmm. is failure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Interesting because it was the fear of putting in so much effort into something and not seeing the result. Right. And I often find myself putting in so much effort and then getting scared that it won't be worth it. And then that's stopping me from putting in further effort. So then I really never see the result that I want to get. Exactly. So it's very interesting. I was open to any message that the tarot wanted to bring me today, but it wasn't flowers. It was, hey, remember this fear of putting in effort and not seeing rewards? It's still there and you Mm. need to recognize it and recognize that this is what's holding you back from getting the results you want because you're so afraid you're going to put yourself out there and put a ton of effort into something and you're not going to see the return on energy. Mm. So the tarot is a really funny little tool in that. I can ask it a certain, and I I love asking it open-ended questions if you're going to use this as a self-reflection tool, which is what I did. And I wasn't looking for what's the outcome of the show. I asked, what's the lesson? Mm. And that, that is the lesson. And it is, it does really shine light on the inner challenges that we have within us and these patterns that keep coming up. And that's why it's so important to really use tarot as a journaling and reflection tool so you can see those patterns. Now, if I would have asked it, okay, this weekend, should I do readings at shops? Should I do a workshop? Should I do this gift of life in Columbus? It would tell me that the energetic outcome would be of all those. And that would be very helpful. But it may not help me understand what the really reallys are of what's going on in my mental life. Yeah. So the question that you ask the tarot can sometimes be more important than anything else to mm. really reap the best understanding of how to go forward. That makes a lot of sense. And what you were just describing was making me think in the back of my mind about the connection with IFS work. Because like you were, what you were saying is like you pulled a card, you asked the question that you asked this morning, and it was almost like a reflection of this part of you that is carrying this fear of mm-hmm. putting an effort and maybe it failing or mm-hmm. it not Absolutely. having that return on investment, right? So then that part of mm-hmm. you that carries that fear maybe then blocks you and prevents you from then doing the things yes. that you would like yes. to do. Right. Absolutely. Okay. 
so that's really interesting. And that like excites parts of me that are like, oh, that's so cool that it can be used as Mm. a resource for someone to help them get to know these different parts within them. Exactly. That might be creating blocks. Mm -hmm. I, the most common question I ask is what is the energy around this person right now? What is the action they need to move forward? And what is the obstacle preventing it? So I really want to understand, I'm very action oriented, and I'm very much using the tarot to empower people. A lot of people will go to the tarot or reader and want a divinatory message, which is absolutely fine. And it can be used for that. However, I don't, I like to understand what the energetic outcome and propensities are and patterns, but I don't like to take the power away from the person I'm working with and giving them absolutes and divinatory messages. I, I really think it can be used somewhat to see the energetic propensities that are going forward, but I think of it as a tool of empower more, empowerment more than divination. Okay. And I almost feel like maybe that's what freaks some people out about tarot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Is there's this kind of this, and I think in movies and shows, they show this, right. Where it's like, oh, the tarot reader's there and they pull the death card or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then the person's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die tomorrow. You know, kind of this fortune telling something that's not in our control. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think there's a place sometimes for that. However, 90% of the time I would go to a reader really asking where is the energetic patterning of my life going? Because we kind of have this karma that we're working through. So we can help you understand that. We can help you understand why you're taking the actions you are and what better actions may be. Uh, But it really is imperative to develop a relationship with the reader's that you really connect to their style because there are some readers who you will go to and will be very definitive of this is what's going to happen and beware or get excited or what have you. But then I, I think the new transitional age of using tarot is more for empowerment, but you'll always see a blend and you, you really want to know and develop a relationship with a tarot reader that you can kind of understand that style before you walk in there. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of the same thing with a therapist, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. We all have different styles, different way of looking at, you know, the psyche and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. And so let's say how, I guess, do you handle, all right, like, let's say someone comes to you and they're asking a question, they're pulling a card and you're seeing immediately, you're like, oh, do parts of you ever get activated before you share something with someone, maybe for fear of how they might react to it? Or if the, if what you're seeing on the card is maybe like, oh, negative, you know, in a way that we would be negative, right? Which, which again, it's kind of based on interpretation. Exactly. And I, I think that is really the art with this practice. Having been in HR for over 10 years, working with people on a lot of performance improvement plans, I developed a way 
to deliver information in an empowering and action oriented way rather than any sort of doomsday. Mm-hmm. So when I see there are a couple cards, there is the tower card, which we, we mentioned, which um, I got. Yeah. Yes. And that card simply to me means you are following conditioning of tried and true paths and, you know, overall, your parents probably told you this is what you need to do, or mm-hmm. others who are authoritarians. And you are following this path, but it's not for you. And you will reach a point where you need to get off of this path. You can choose to get off of it, or somebody else may choose to get to have you get off of it, or your body mm. may choose. But you're kind of coming up to a transitional point where there will need to be a choice or one will be made for you. Mm. So I don't really ever see any of the cards as negative, but I do see them as, hey, you're getting a lot of heat in this situation where you're going to have to take action or your body's going to start to be like, you know what, I'm done right now. Mm. I'm going to have this weird ache and you're going to have to take care of me um, no matter if you like it or not. Yeah. to me, I don't really get triggered so much anymore because I know that these are just, as human beings, things that we need to walk through and things that we need to face so that we can actually reach our destiny. Mm-hmm. So I believe that we are empowered, we are rising our consciousness. But we have to build self-awareness to actually work towards that. So there there really are no bad cards to me. Um, now I did, I had one reading. I remember doing a Christmas reading for my sister-in-law. And the death card did come up. And it was interesting because she wasn't at a particularly big juncture uh, as we asked this. And and her and her grandfather did pass away in mm. about, you know, a week or so after. So every once in a while you will see you know, cards that come up and they're quite literal. Um, however, I have found that it's always for the the higher good of the energetic being. So I honestly still don't see it as a, a negative. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of putting it. And I feel like too, it's even if maybe you are expressing a message from a card that someone pulled that like the tower, let's say that mm-hmm. It, that it's just going to feel like be a nice reflection tool for that person to then take that and use their own inner journey work of getting to know what parts of me are getting maybe activated from this, but also what parts of me are connected to this message. Absolutely. So like you said, like a really, it can, it's a self-reflection opportunity mm-hmm. and tool mm-hmm. to get to exactly. know those parts. Yeah. Exactly. That makes, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I'm curious how would you say could tarot be beneficial for someone like in their life, but also specifically like in maybe their business growth? Cause I know that's something that you really focus on now in your work yeah. with, with clients. Mm-hmm. So I have focused so much for people on helping them find work that they really love. And like with that star card that you received, when I see a card like that, 
I understand and know that this is the person's destiny and where they're meant to really shine and have an amazing creative contribution in their life. So tarot for anyone can be helpful in understanding what is it that you really want and then what is it that you've just been conditioned to want. Mm -hmm. Then when I go to a longer term coaching experience with somebody on their business, I find so often I meet people uh, typically at these large expos I'll do where I do readings that are just really unhappy in their career and they don't really know what it is they're meant to do. They tell me they don't know, but then we start brainstorming. And they're like, actually, I would love to do these four or five different things. Mm. And I help them understand which one of the things that they're looking at is really speaking to their soul's purpose and is something they would enjoy and would actually have the return on their investment of time and potentially be a full-time job that they would love or something they can do on the side that allows them to creatively expand and to really show up in this world like they were meant to show up. And then you kind of move from that journey in coaching where you understand what you're meant to do, but then it's like, oh, there's all the mind stuff that's really challenging. So the tarot helps shine light on that. Once you get beyond the mind stuff, Let's start getting into action. What would action look like to create this business? What are some of the tools? What are some of the strategies? And we'll line up a tarot card with a tool or a strategy so that people can start to hone that creative business mm. much more quickly than they would have been able to do it without the tarot and without coaching. So I think it's a tool that can really ex be expansive with anybody. But I love using it in business because it's so, it can be so clear cut. I've used it in relationships as well. And in relationships, it is beautiful because often I'll ask, what's the energy of, you know, Angela? And what is the energy of Thomas? And what's the energy of the relationship? And what's the best action they can take to take it to the next level? And I will get a very good understanding of that relationship. And you can coach within the relationship, but it needs the two people. Right. And you often have, you know, limited male interest in the tarot, but you know, you have females who could be really interested. However, as I talk through action steps and I talk through things, um, I love to have both of them, which I, which sometimes I, I can't get, but if I can, then it's a lovely tarot activation. So it really comes down to the fact of tarot being extremely helpful when it is focused on one individual, how to empower them and the actions they're going to take. And that's mm -hmm. why it lended itself so beautifully to business can lend itself beautiful to relationships too, but we have to know in relationships, we are only in charge of our contribution and our reaction to that individual. We cannot control them and what they're going to do. Right. So I, um, I do use it for that, but I find it very helpful when it's talking about the, uh, your singular person. 
Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Because again, I feel like it's just a great tool. The more, the more I'm talking to you about this, about helping the person as the individual get to know what parts of them are connected to this question. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, even again, like my experience with you asking the questions that I did regarding my business, it was, yeah, it definitely helpful just to have that validation or at least a path to look mm-hmm. towards of, okay, this is interesting, you know, cause I could have come in there. I, I, you know, a part of me wonders like, what if parts of me, and again, though, that just changes the enter- energy within me. Right. So it could have changed the card that I pick. Cause I was just sitting here yes. thinking like, what if parts of me were really gung ho about creating a workshop, mm-hmm. but maybe the universe was like, eh, but that's not mm-hmm. really going to be the best ROI at this point in your well, career. I'll give you an interesting example. Last year, I was doing tarot and I'm building this business and it's seeing a a nice return, but I started to get scared and I was like, well, how big could this get? And how do I do this? And the how's questions came up. So I was like, well, I should have something tangible to sell as well. I need something tangible instead of the service always. So I started making jewelry and I put all this effort into making jewelry and it was very therapeutic and using my hands. I haven't done that a ton. So I enjoyed making the jewelry, but I pulled a card on the jewelry and what would be the outcome of the jewelry. And it basically told me you're just operating from fear I got the failure card and I got the devil card. And the devil is about being addicted to mind patterns and ways of life that are well-trodden towards false success. Mm. So what jewelry taught me was that Mm. I started to get scared that I couldn't make a big enough business of services. So I went to honestly, something well-known in jewelry. So I could kind of get the quicker return on the investment. And that's because I was so addicted to the well-trodden path of, okay, I make something, here you go. Um, And it's an easier exchange than sometimes vocalizing how my services can have an impact. So I took so much energy to make this jewelry and so much time And the return was okay, but it wasn't worth it. And I should have just continued to develop my services and believed in that element rather than seeing a shiny object that I knew was a well-trodden path to have income, but wasn't my soul's destiny or anything I'm particularly uniquely good at. And I was okay, but... As I went to another expo, I saw jewelry everywhere. And I was like, girl, why are you walking that path? That's not <laughs> what you're uniquely ready. That's not your unique self. Yeah. Oh, I love that example. Because I feel like so many people, especially going into their own business, can relate to that. I know for me, I went from working for a big university as a therapist for 10 years. So, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, your job, you know, who you're working with, you know, how much you're getting paid every month. You know, it's set. There is no question. There's a lot of safety there. And I'm really grateful for that experience. That was really important for me at that time in my life to have that journey and that growth. And then I just noticed, okay, it's time for me maybe to start doing something different. 
and I felt myself pulled towards a private practice working for myself. And I started it part-time. So that felt safe, right? Cause it was like, yes. okay, I still have my full-time job that is here. And all right, let me start offering this, you know, on the side. And then eventually with the pandemic and everything and us having our son right at the start of the pandemic, it was, mm. it, we had to make a big shift and we moved to be closer to my family for that support. And then it was like, all right, now it's like the universe was like, now you're, you're, you're going to have to make this change. And mm -hmm. so the parts of me that were afraid to fully make that leap, it was like, okay, we're going to do this now. And we did it. But I also think about, you know, the parts of me that were getting activated within that first year, that first six months of me doing this full time, mm -hmm. there were parts of me that were like, oh my gosh, what if I don't make enough money? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I'm not getting clients? Right. And so then there's all these ideas of like, oh, well, maybe we should contact this group practice and work for them, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe we should create online workshops yes. and try and sell those. Right. Yes. So, and the, and so it's just interesting. Yeah. As you're sharing the story, like what's coming up within me and how I feel like it does kind of relate to what I came to you for that day and mm -hmm. those four things, because exactly. I feel like it was some of those energies were coming from parts of me that had fear of what yes. if my service isn't enough, you exactly. know, exactly. what if, yeah. Like what if I'm not enough? And mm -hmm. this part of me was like, I have to create this. I have to create this workshop. I have to create this mm -hmm. retreat, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that really is resonating Absolutely. with me. And I saw the cards and I still did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That being said, failure is your best teacher. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. You know, you can't always know the level of efficiency and action will have. But it is so fun to look back at the cards and be like, yep, I saw that and I still did it anyway. And it's it's yeah. just it's funny. I, I love it. And it's like Tarot's, Tarot knows. And uh, when I doubt it, I, I learned my lesson the other way. Exactly. And I think, you know, too, you know, I agreed to do things. And again, in that first six months of doing my private practice full time, that I knew parts of me were conflicted on and didn't want to do. And I did it anyway. And it was a lesson because it Absolutely. was like, it was like, oh, yep, this I nope. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. want to be doing this. And yes, exactly. It, yeah. So, and I didn't even, I didn't pull cards though for that, but it was just, it was just noticing, right. That, yes. that fear yes. and that conflict within, and it would have been interesting. It would have been so interesting if I had pulled a yeah. card. Yeah. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, you know, you mentioned the recording of the reading, I I was doing such short readings that I didn't think to record, but I typically will record and take a picture of the reading so that I have that on file for people when they come next or for their own reflection, because I feel like it's very impactful to hear yourself and to hear the reader and to really not only enjoy it in the moment, but to listen back and to really kind of understand what the cards were saying and six months from now, be able to put that in the right context. 
Yes, absolutely. I took the recording that you sent me and I listened to it a number of times and then I transcribed it. Mm. I typed it out and I put that on a document that I could see in relation to Mm. my podcast. That was really, oh, Mm. that was really powerful for me because tangibility. And the power of, I was like fighting getting a printer for forever. And now I'm always printing off, you know, here's the game plan and here's, you know, I'll take pictures of the cards and different things because even though we're becoming so digitalized and I'm all about, you know, save the trees, but we are tangible earthly beings and we need to see, feel and touch Mm -hmm. and creating something and looking at it every day there's a power to that just like there's a power to the beauty of the imagery on the tarot cards Mm -hmm. and tons of tarot art because i i really appreciate the beauty the thoughtfulness and the creation that goes into the art of a card yeah absolutely they're so beautiful the imagery of it is gorgeous. And it's funny because as you were mentioning the jewelry, I had forgotten that you had jewelry on the table as well. Mm-hmm. But I remember after our reading, I was like, oh, I wonder if she has a piece of jewelry of the with the star card. And mm-hmm. I didn't see one like at that yes. moment. But I remember like I was like looking for it. I was like, yeah, star card yes. in here. <laughs> that was actually my shtick is I had I made tiny tarot cards and I didn't create that. I didn't create the original, but I I made a little card and I put them in resin and it had the embodiment of that energy, similar to almost a crystal that you would hold. Mm. And it it's beautiful, but um, I don't know if it always made the link for people, Um, but I do, I do still sell them. I'm just not uh, manufacturing consistently. (laughs) Yes. And so I'm curious, how could someone use tarot on their own? Yes. So if you are just beginning with tarot, I would get a deck that is just beautiful and really speaks to you. Typically there are guidebooks that come with them. Um, You know, Amazon will show a few pictures of them. There's like, a lot of great metaphysical stores that you can find them at. And once you get your deck, just looking through the beautiful imagery, finding the cards that you love, reading up on them, and then each day pulling a card, asking, what does this day have as a message for me? And what am I meant to learn? You get your card, you can read in the book what that's all about. And then you journal and reflect on it. And that just starts the journey of a relationship to the language of tarot. And then, of course, you can do a spread with them. Once you have that relationship, I would do a monthly spread to understand where you're at. As you're learning, I always suggest having a quarterly contact with a tarot reader to get a reading to kind of get that objective viewpoint. It's always nice to get the objectivity of somebody outside of it because it's hard to really sometimes read your cards as effectively as possible when you have a lot of your own thoughts and conditioning that can sometimes sway on how you're interpreting them. But that being said, I think it's a both. It's a, you develop the relationship and use it as a journaling and reflection tool. And then you have a trusted practitioner 
that can really help you connect the dots and know the story of what's going on right now for you. There's also a ton of beautiful books on meditating with the tarot, on you know using the tarot to build your business and all different books out there. So of course you could develop a relationship like that. Um, there's just so many ways, but I start out with the journaling and the reflecting and having a tarot reader kind of help you through understanding the energies around you on a regular basis. Okay. One thing that I was just thinking about in the back of my mind was, let's say, you know, me as a therapist working with clients, I have some clients who are really interested in tarot. They have their own decks, they mm-hmm. pull their own cards and me as well. Right. I have my tarot deck right next yes. to me as we're talking and I'm wondering what you suggest or maybe ways that you recommend that a tarot, a card pool could be utilized within a therapist client relationship. Oh, I mean, there are so many ways. I I think if the if the individual is really at an impasse and really having a hard time making a decision, that is a wonderful time to bring out the cards and understand the energy that surrounds the two different paths that they're thinking through. And then you can really, I would love, honestly, I remember going to a, it was a life coach, not a therapist. At the end of the session with this life coach, she pulled a card on what I was really meant to take away from that session and what I was meant to go forward with. I loved that beautiful kind of conclusion of Mm. my time with that therapist slash life coach. So I think it's a very good tool as you come to decision impasses. It could be a good tool as somebody is really not understanding the emotion that is behind how they're feeling or maybe the thought that's behind the emotion that they're feeling. You could pull a card on that. And then I think it's a wonderful tool to provide a kind of summary or conclusion of that therapeutic hour together. Mm. You know, what were we meant to learn and how do we go forward? So Mm. it's interesting. If you look at tarot books, they'll give you all these different spreads I have found that I don't really use the spreads. I'm always making my own spreads. So I would just give yourself full creativity to create the spreads and to use them for decision-making and, you know, reflection and go forward action. So really it's up to the individual, but those are some of the things that I would really recommend. Yeah, that's really, I really like that, what you're saying of, maybe like at the end of a session, you know, pulling a card representing like, what mm-hmm. is the person taking away from this? And, and then also, again, especially with, let's say there is a decision or a conflict within the person and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pulling a card or multiple cards, I'm assuming to represent each of those, yes. maybe yes. those parts of them. Right. Mm-hmm. That, which mm-hmm. can, I feel like, yeah, the card could be, a way to help bring clarity to the part, right? Because sometimes, you know, sometimes people have a hard time having that, what we call that self-energy of clarity 
towards, like you're saying, like really understanding that part of them, like, what are the thoughts associated with this part? What are the feelings, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it sounds like maybe a card pool could be a helpful tool to help bring clarity. Absolutely. I know in my, um, life coaching school that I went to, they would always talk about thought thought downloads, like write it all down. And I would get a lot from that. But yet I found that when I would pull the card, I would get things that I just didn't have awareness of. And when I reflected on it months later, it actually rang even more true than the thought download I was doing. So just kind of a, a twofer right there. It's good to get all the thoughts out, but there's some things you don't always have awareness of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I that makes a lot of sense. And so I want to go into what you provide. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I was like, wait, did we talk, did we mention where you're at? <laughs> where are you located? So I'm located in Coleraine. And I actually have an office out of my home. And then I do Zoom readings. So I offer the one-to-one consultory tarot reading. I will add palmistry into that and astrology. Uh, However, I usually focus in on it with the cards. Palmistry and astrology I use more for a self-understanding tool and for really understanding your unique personality. So that is kind of the first offering. And then I have creative coaching where I really help people activate that new passion-led career where they're thinking of transitioning into full-time entrepreneurship or they're an entrepreneur that's just kind of stuck and not sure how to build their business. That is a coaching program that I do. And then I have um, tarot parties that I love to host. So I have been having a ton of fun in really walking into a group of people. I love it to be like 10 to 15, where everybody gets a five to 10 minute reading. Then they go back to their friends and they have tarot books and astrology and palm books that they can look at. And it just sparks like, a lot of great conversation and a lot of fun insight. And I built these parties because what I found is that when I would go to parties with friends, uh, I wanted the level of conversation to go deeper and to be a little bit more interesting than just like, you know, the what's of small talk. Yeah. Yeah, small talk. I just found that I was getting into these situations where it was it was just not really feeding me at a party, given the small talk. So the tarot parties really brought kind of the depth I was looking for. So I started doing my own with my friends and I realized how much more I enjoyed that interaction that then I started to offer those to people. Yeah, that's so fun. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And it's just... I will find, you know, there's so many different personalities at parties. So it's never like a, you must do. It's more, Hey, the reader's in the corner. You can have this intimate conversation if you'd like to, but party on. Yeah. Love that. And you said you're in Coleraine. Yes. But where is, what state is that in? 
It's in the state of Ohio. State of <laughs> so Ohio. I am in, I'm in uh, the uh, little northwest corner of 275. So I am within the loop. And uh, my husband and I both operate businesses from home. He and I operate that art business, but uh, I do private readings here. And I will do them in a variety of coffee shops and different metaphysical shops too. But I like to really do kind of the consultations here so we can get into the right energetic space. Okay. But let's say if someone's listening and they're located in California... Oh, it's always Zoom and Zoom works just as well, if not better, because I I can truly be with just the tarot and not have those other energetic influences. So mm. that can get some nice clarity for me. Uh, but it, it works in any venue. Mm. And Zoom is nice because you can record facial expressions and the cards and the message and, and have that to, to walk away from. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, that it's not limited to people necessarily physically right next to you in Ohio. Okay, that's great. And so how can people find you connect with you? Yeah, so I am on Instagram at Golden Spark Tarot. And then my website is Golden Spark Tarot. I also started a TikTok. I don't oh, know if nice. you're on TikTok, Natalie, yet, but uh, I I am having, not. <laughs> I've been having fun with it. Yeah. And um it is, you know, just short little snippets there, but I show up on TikTok and Instagram often. Beautiful. Okay, great. Yeah. So I will put all of that in the show notes too, so people can go to that and click on those Absolutely. easy links. And yeah, that is goldensparktarot.com for your website, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for sitting here and talking with me about this. This has been so fun. Absolutely. I I feel like I've learned so much. I love it. Beautiful. All right. Well, yeah, if you're interested in working with Nikki, please go to her website, go to her Instagram, check her out on TikTok. And yeah, she's She's wonderful, has so much beautiful knowledge and connection to tarot. Speaking from personal experience, it can be very impactful. So thank you again, Nikki. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.